0: This is The MS Show, the podcast for people with multiple sclerosis and their families who want information and inspiration. I'm Bron Webster. I've been living with MS for over 20 years. I'll be sharing with you tips, stories and ways to keep going with MS. Today I'm doing a series wrap up and a series start and this is going to be happening at the end of Each series that I put together. We've just finished the diagnosis series. Uh, We've listened to four people's diagnosis stories. We heard Joe Livermore, we heard from Grant Miller, Rachel Tomlinson, and also Holly Ford. Spoke with different people. Some have had MS for a long time, and others that have been living with symptoms for a long time but weren't necessarily diagnosed at the time and then there's some some of us who have been diagnosed more recently spoken with people that have had a diagnosis of relapsing remitting ms and also people that have had progressive ms so joe livermore we heard from joe about how she didn't take her symptoms seriously she told us about her feelings while she was waiting to find out a diagnosis and how it consumed every waking minute for her but as she's adjusted to living with a diagnosis she's come to realize the need to slow down and she's also recognized that working from home has really benefited her during lockdown joe's told us how she's now focusing on creating an active community in her local area particularly for people who are out working still during the day but they're living with MS and Joe herself is still working full-time. Then we heard from Grant Miller. Grant's got a diagnosis of progressive MS but it all happened a long time ago and his first symptom was 40 years ago. He didn't make, put the pieces together until he saw something on TV about multiple sclerosis and he then went and asked his neurologist who confirmed it to him because at the time there was no support available there was no treatment available and so it was a very very different MS landscape and in the podcast with Grant he's reflected on his his disease progressing in terms of thinking about how he's required different uh, walking aids along, the ta- along with his progression and his change. So, I think what's, what was interesting was when Grant said he was too proud and didn't want to accept he needed a wheelchair. But he came to the point where he borrowed a wheelchair for a weekend and he realized how much it was helping his friends as well as himself because his friends weren't having to hang around. So, he transitioned to using a wheelchair much more he's got a really positive outlook and he thinks what has helped him to adjust is starting to use different mobility aids before he actually needed them so i think with grant's um disease and its progression it's not been a rapid onset progression so he has been able to start to use a stick or a wheelchair before he knew he needed them and then be able to deal with the transition. Grant's also said about how much he's grown in confidence since he started to use a wheelchair and how he can just now strike up a conversation with anybody. So he's got this really positive outlook and he's now keeping himself occupied and motivated doing wheelchair marathons for charity. And I think he's amazing. So Grant's medically retired, but he does work voluntarily for a hospice charity. Rachel Tomlinson has got a diagnosis of primary progressive MS, but that came to her later in life because Rachel's 53 at the moment and was diagnosed in 2018. But this all started back in 2013 and she discovered from her medical notes that she had been diagnosed in 2013 but never told and she used to have a really stressful job that involved lots of traveling and long hours but the fatigue that came with the multiple sclerosis became such a massive problem added on to the cognitive problems that have really featured in Rachel's particular symptoms, that she's just faced a barrage of frustration and recognizing that she needed to leave work and give up work has been something that she's grieved for. So she's coming to terms with not only losing a job, she's also had to stop swimming because of the difficulties um, that she finds. But what has been the biggest issue for Rachel is accessing rugby stadiums. Uh, Rachel's been involved in the rugby fraternity for the last 30 years. And rugby is a huge part of Rachel's life. So much so that come hell or high water, Rachel's going to go to her home games and she's going to sit in the seat she's always sat in, even if it means that three and four other friends and supporters have got to carry her to a usual spot. So good on you, Rachel and hope that campaigning was going to go well. And then finally, we spoke with Holly Ford. And Holly um, is a young person with primary progressive MS. And her diagnosis story shows the amount and level of frustration that she had to go through. Because she was 24 when she eventually got the diagnosis, but she'd had to go to her GP three times. To be fobbed off. And then once the wheels of diagnosis started turning, she had three sets of MRIs and tests before she got the diagnosis. So she's coming to terms with, in quite a short space of time, adapting from being an active gym going person to someone who's using a wheelchair full time. But she keeps going in life by not sweating the big stuff. She's campaigned for drugs. She went to Parliament to campaign to get some disease-modifying drugs approved for use in progressive MS. And the future is looking really positive. So what's apparent in all of the diagnosis stories are the following four areas. Firstly, the sheer grit and resilience that all my guests have shown to get a diagnosis To live with multiple sclerosis and to deal with change. Secondly, the length of time that it's taken to arrive at a diagnosis shows absolute perseverance and self belief to not just give in at the first knockback because they knew there was something going on with their body. Thirdly, a gradual Realization of the need to make changes in terms of working, in terms of lifestyle. And fourthly, all the people I've spoken with are involved in doing things that are benefiting other people. Yes, they might be linked to their own unique circumstances, but ultimately the benefits are going much wider. And I think what it's clear to see is that when you've got a diagnosis of such an illness you can still find purpose and still find a reason to keep going so do listen again to these episodes now put the links to the individual ones in the show notes so you can go back and see the one that you want now next month i'm moving on to ms lifestyle I'm going to be covering different topics over the coming months and in June I've got guests on some of the main recommended MS dietary regimes. Now right at the top it's worth me letting you know that I've spent one year following the OMS lifestyle. So I went vegan with fish but I'm allergic to shellfish Um, and so I followed the dietary elements of Overcoming multiple sclerosis lifestyle, I've also spent another year following the Walls Protocol, which is many in many regards a complete opposite because it's organ meat um, and it's taking advantage of some of the nutrients that are in the offal that we often don't eat. So I just wanted to let you know that I've done those two things. I've now settled into a mixture of different dietary approaches. Um, They seem to be working for me. I've cut out dairy, with one exception, because whatever adjustments I've made, chocolate remains a part of my life. So, with each of the regimes that we're going to be talking about, I've got a set of questions that will be coming out from the people that I'm talking with so I'll just tell you what I'm looking at finding out the origins so which country and what was the sort of basis for this regime coming to fruition is there any UK coverage people that are doing it groups support etc understanding the fundamentals of the approach and trying to unpick what makes it different to other MS dietary lifestyles I'm keen to understand any evidence-based for the recommendations but also maybe the anecdotal base because scientific evidence, double-blind trials and everything else, it's not always easy to obtain. I've got no affiliations. I'm not here to make money and to push certain things your direction. So sometimes, as we look at all the different elements of MS lifestyle, actually anecdotal ideas are some things that we'll be talking about. Coming back to the diet, so I'll also be wanting to understand how easy is it to adopt this lifestyle? And what's the increased cost? So is it organic only? Do you need to get supplements? And then finally, how many people typically do we think are involved in doing this particular lifestyle and are there any any communities and support that you can find so hopefully a very wide ranging view of the different uh, dietary lifestyles that are out there that you might find and read and hear about so that's going to be a great month in June keep tuning in and take away what's relevant and useful for you Thanks so much for listening to today's MS Show. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. And if you'd like to get more involved with the MS Show, why not join our Facebook community? Just search Facebook for the MS Show. Come back soon for another dose of MS information and inspiration. You've been listening to the MS Show podcast.